The following resource is by CBC Mokopani. For more resources like this, check out our website at www.christbaptistmokopani.com. Amen. So everybody wants to be blessed, and everybody wants to hear positive words spoken out over their lives. Amen. But first I would like to read the psalm. So if you'll turn with me in the Word of God to Psalm 67. It's an invocation and a doxology. And the psalmist writes, it's not a psalm of David. Uh, it doesn't state that, um, although Spurgeon seems to think that it is. He says, dare we say that it's not. But it doesn't say that. And so let's have a have a have a a look at what the word says to us this morning. God be merciful to us and bless us and cause your face to shine upon us, Selah, that your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. O let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations on earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. And all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Amen. So that's the reading of God's word. Let's just pray and ask God to bless his word to our ears today and to our hearts and to our lives. Amen. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus and Holy Spirit. We ask you to be present uh, this morning. Um, you are present, but we ask you to impress the word uh, in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives so that you would be glorified. Um, out there where we work, out there where we live, and those whom we come in contact with, and that they would know that we are the people of God, and that they see the hand of God on our lives, and it makes them desirous to know you. So we pray for the work of the Holy Spirit uh, today in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as I mentioned earlier, everybody wants a blessing. Amen. I grew up in a very critical home. Um, and we were constantly criticized for everything we did. Nothing was good enough. There was constant fighting in the family. And there was no blessing. I eventually, when I went to the mission field, I was blessed by my pastor. And he became my spiritual father. And he blessed me. And it broke something in my life and made a huge change in my life um, and gave me the confidence to become what God wanted me to be. Amen. So, and one of the things that I learned that when I came home from my travels and I used to travel a lot. You can ask my wife that I would be up in Zambia, I would be in Mozambique, I would be in Kenya, I would be in Uganda, um, preaching the Word of God. And, but when I came home, I would take my kids to school. And every day, I would speak out a blessing over my children. I would speak out the ironic blessing over them. And I would say, the Lord bless you and keep you and make His face to shine upon you. The Lord protect you and give you peace every day I would speak that out over my life because that was a blessing that God commanded the priest to speak out over the nation of Israel amen and so I thought that would be a good thing and I can see the fruit of that in my children's lives today so I really just praise God for that and and they would say thanks dad and it reaped a harvest in their lives that I've seen today. And I praise God for that. And every night when I tuck them into bed after a prayer, I would pray for my children. And then when I'd finished praying for them, I would say to them, 
always remember one thing. Dad loves you. And they would say, I know, Dad. And sometimes when they would leave the house, I would say, remember one thing, I love you. Because, why did I say that? I said it because I wanted them to know that I loved them. And that they were in my heart and that I cared for them. Amen. And my actions followed suit. And today I'm called blessed by my children. It's amazing. And I thank God for that. Amen. So, and there's something that really stands out in Scripture is the blessings of the patriarchs. Um, that they would speak blessings out over their children, over their families. And we realize that Jacob and Esau had a problem because Jacob came out after Esau. And so he was seen as the firstborn. Esau was seen as the firstborn. But Jacob realized how important it was to have the blessing. So him and his mom schemed how they would go about to have the blessing. And so they stole the blessing from Esau. And when Esau realized, he was really upset and he asked his father and said, Father, what about me? He says, I've no blessing left to give. I've already given it. So, in the Old Testament, the people understood the value of blessing. And we need to understand the value of blessing in our lives, that we bless one another, and that we love one another in that way. Amen. That we speak words of life over each other. Amen. So, and God taught His priests to speak out the ironic blessing over the nation of Israel because God wanted them to know what He felt about them. He wanted them to know that He was their Father, that He was their God, and that He was personal. Amen. And Jesus laid hands on children. When the mothers brought the kids to Jesus for him to touch, they, they wanted to chase them away. They said in Mark 16, they rebuked the parents. But Jesus was displeased. It says he was displeased that they would stop him from blessing the children. And what I love about that particular verse in verse 16, it says that he took them in his arms. He laid hands on them and he blessed them. Amen. I had a friend that was a missionary. He did a trip up into Egypt and he says he was just surrounded by children. Many children. And he just began to walk around laying hands on them and just blessing them in the name of the Lord. I don't know what impact that might have had on their lives. But I know what his heart was for those children, that they would know the Lord, even if he couldn't speak their language. Are you with me? So I want to encourage us as parents that we would speak blessings out over our children because it's very biblical for us to do that. Amen. And it makes an impact. Anyway, a little bit on historical background. So when we... Uh, Look at this psalm. Um, we see um, that there's a harvest theme that may celebrate us um, 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 a cel annual celebration, like the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Ingathering. The Feast of Tabernacles was uh, a feast that God had the Israelites celebrate annually, so that they would remember the wilderness wanderings and how God provided for them. Amen. So normally it was done after the 
in gathering of the harvest. And even as a people later on, they would make booths for them to stay under. For a week, they would camp out and they would eat and celebrate God's goodness at the ingathering of the harvest and how God has undertaken for them as an as a as a um, as a as a as a nation, Amen. So there was a um, it was a time of joy and fellowship with one another, and we need to learn. There's so much practical application in some of these things in our life that we need to learn to have fellowship with one another so that we can be upbuilt and strengthened. Amen. So I want to encourage you. Um, to have fellowship. And because the history in God's word speaks about things like that. But not only does it speak of an ingathering of, of a harvest, but the, the undertone there is a harvesting of the nations that would share in God's blessings. Some say there's no historical attachment to the psalm, but the sentiment of the psalm is one of experiencing God in a spirit of joy. Um, it's one of seeing the nations come in under the rule and the reign of God. So with that in mind, I want to look at four applications that point us to experiencing God's blessing. Now I'm not talking about God's blessing in the way that the prosperity preachers talk about it and distort the scriptures. Amen. So I want you to get that straight. All that stuff we listen to on the TV about making money is not what God's talking about. <laughs> so just get that deep down in your hearts. This is not what this is all about. The first um, application I want to talk about is the cry for mercy. He says, God be merciful to us and bless us and cause your face to shine on us. So one of the things evident in the Aaronic blessing is that it was a blessing bestowed on the people of God through the priesthood. But here the psalmist includes the pronoun us. So, God intended it for the priest to speak out for the people because the, the priest was the intercessor between man and God, right? And they would present the people before God. But here we see something different. And he asked God to bless us it makes a strong point that when we pray, we should never pray and ask for God's blessing alone. Amen. Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Our Father in heaven. Our Father who art in heaven. Amen. So he, he, he never taught them to pray, My Father in heaven. He taught them to pray about us. Why? Because we're a family. Amen. And we must in live like a family. And one of the things that blesses me in this church is how I watch Pastor Lucas. How he's taken an interest in as many people as he can. I am so blessed. He's interested in the guys that struggle to find work. And he's constantly trying to help them. He's interested in everybody and I want to uh, just thank you for that brother because it's an example to me because I have a more of a like a prophetic nature I guess and I'm like more um, less mercy orientated but, I, but I'm really blessed by that and I want to thank you and uh, so life's not about us but about the family of God and the psalmist was praying God's blessing on Israel and included himself. So the nation of Israel was actually what God called a nation of priests because he wanted them to be a testimony among the nations. Amen. So 
when he asked that God's face would shine upon them, what he was asking for was that God's presence would go with them. Amen. So when we ask God's face to shine upon us, we want him to be with us, to go with us. Amen. But we are fortunate in this new dispensation, in the new covenant, that the Holy Spirit lives within us. Amen. And that just gives us an advantage, I would say. And we need to remember that. I mean, Brother Lawrence would speak about practicing the presence of God. And I would always tell people, I said, it doesn't matter where you are, God is with you. When you sin, God is with you. He's there, right there with you. He doesn't leave. He doesn't stand at the door. He's here, inside. So when you're blowing it, He's right there. And immediately you should feel something, the grief of the Holy Spirit within you. Amen. So God's there when you're rejoicing and God's there when you are making a mistake. But He still loves you. Amen. So, the cry for mercy, which is sometimes translated as grace, is an important cry. And it has many dimensions. So our first cry ever to God was that mercy, was the cry of mercy that our sins be, give, be forgiven and that we walk in God's salvation. Amen. That's the first cry that, that, that I made and that many have made and all the born again people have made was that God would help us in our condition that we could not help ourselves. Amen. There's no way that you can save yourself. Only God can save you. And so we cry for mercy to a God of love so that we can be touched and changed and transformed by the work of the Holy Spirit within us. Amen. And so Israel as a people of God should have been a testimony to the nations because of God's grace and mercy. When we look at uh, the psalm, it, it speaks about them crying out for the mercy of God to bless us and cause His face to shine upon us. And so too, we today can be a testimony as God's royal priesthood. I get so excited. Royal priesthood. You understand that? That's what his word says. That we are a chosen generation. A holy nation. His own special people. I mean, we are. God loves us, man. And talk, that's what you call a great blessing. Why? That we could proclaim the praises of Him who called us out of darkness and into His marvelous light, who were once not a people, but now are the people of God. That's a wonderful insight. And that we need to grasp that and live that and experience that in our lives. Spurgeon says that the initial cry of mercy is a link in the chain of further mercies. Amen. We experience God's blessings in many, many ways after we've become children of God. But the first, so the first application is to cry out for God's mercy. But there is another. Not only do we cry out for God's mercy, but we cry out for a specific reason. Why do we want God's blessing? Verse 2 says, So that God's ways may be known among the nations. Amen. That's important. Our testimony is important. We receive blessing from God so that we can go and be a blessing to the nations. There's nobody that you cannot love. There's nobody that you shouldn't love. We should love everybody. Amen. There are people that, we, that I find hard to love. 
But I have to make a choice to love them because God loves them. And it's my job to go and tell people about this God of love who wants to draw them into the kingdom. Amen. Even those difficult people. And there are many. But we must love them. Because that's what we do. So, so, we, so we're blessed to be a blessing so that we can make God's way known amongst the nations. We go, and we go all the way back to the Aaronic blessing, the Abrahamic blessing in Genesis 12, where he says, where it says in Scripture, and here we're going to look at our title and we're going to begin to see in our title what I'm talking about. We're going to see a top line of blessing and we're going to see a bottom line of blessing. Now often we say in business transaction, buddy, that's the bottom line. Well, you're going to hear about the bottom line today. And that's God's bottom line. Are you with me? So pay attention because this is important. He said to Abraham, he said, get out from your country, from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. Here we see the principle of obedience. Okay? God was asking him to uproot himself totally, to follow him to somewhere he didn't know where he was going. Amen. God just told him, leave everything and follow me and I will show you. And that sometimes for us, is difficult as people. But the principle of obedience in our lives is really key in experiencing the blessing of God. Amen. So let's remember that. And then God begins to tell him why. He says in verse 2, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. That's the top line. Abraham was going to be blessed because of his obedience to God as he followed God. Amen. God was going to bless him. That's the top line. As we follow God, we're blessed. I mean, it's just a blessing to know God. Do you understand that? It's not what we get from God. It's just a blessing that God is interested in our lives as people. Amen. That He saves us. And that He loves us. And that He uses us. That's incredible. Because, I don't know about you, but I was a sinner. <laughs> and I am grateful that God has never, that He saved me and that He has never let go. Amen. And that I can be sure of His love for me. And then, he begins, uh, the, the bottom line is this, and in you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Amen. That's the bottom line. And he repeated the same covenant with Jacob and Isaac. We see it again here in Psalm 67. And someone, I read somewhere, said that this covenant was repeated somewhat 55 times in the Bible. So if you want some homework, look it up. <laughs> I never have. <laughs> anyway, but this is the bottom line, that God blesses us with salvation and even material things. But I'm not emphasizing that so that we can be a blessing to others. Because in some places in India, Materially, they have nothing. They live on the streets. I have friends in India that minister to these people. And for this guy to get a bike or a, or a, or a, or a, like a, like a bike with a little wagon on it is like an incredible blessing. You know? I remember hearing a story about a, a guy that was walking in, a, in Los Angeles and, uh, and a guy gave him a tract. And he said, hey, mister, you want to you wanna hear about God's blessings for your life? 
All you have to do is pray and ask God for a TV and for a car and for this and that. The guy looked at him and he grabbed the tract and he said, let's pray. He said, God, I'm trusting you for New York. God, I'm trusting you for the nations. I'm trusting you to work. The guy said, hey, that's not what I mean. But that's what God meant, the bottom line is that we reach the nations for God. Amen. And so, all the families of the earth. And remember, we've inherited this covenant as the people of faith. Because we place faith in an invisible God. And we experience His working in our lives. But we've never seen Him. So we are the people of faith. We put our trust in His Word. Amen. And that's what's really important. So it's really important for us to get into the Word of God so that we can see what it is that God requires of us and how He wants us to go to work. And one thing that I've gone back to time and time again is Genesis 1.15. God Himself is our very great reward. I've read that over and over and over again when I'm feeling depressed or when I'm struggling, I go back to that verse and I realize that God is my reward. Amen. And it kind of like, I don't know, it gets like it's like a pick-me-up for me. And it makes me feel good and, and gets me back on track. So now we've seen two applications on experiencing God's blessing. The cry for mercy and communicating God's way. But thirdly, we celebrate God's reign in verses 3 and 5. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. O let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations of the earth. Selah. Amen. God is the sovereign ruler of this universe. Whether some people acknowledge him or not, God is a ruler and the only true ruler of the universe and this world that we live in. And so this uh, few verses is introduced in the form of a prayer for the nations to praise God. Amen. They then introduce why the nation should rejoice and because God is a fair and just ruler. That's what He is. And yet, so many people have rejected God's rulership in this world because they have chosen sinful lifestyles. They have made things that are not according to God's way and purpose the way and purpose of their lifestyles. Governments have done that. They've rejected God. And they are reaping the price for these things. We see wars and corruption and all of these things. Why would that take place if there was a fair and just ruler in the universe? It wouldn't happen. It happens because men in power are sinful. And they do what sinful people do. Amen. You can't expect a sinner to do what a righteous person does by the blood of Christ. Amen. So when you go to the workplace, that guy who's swearing so much, or that person who's like going at you all the time, hey, they're sinners. They're doing what sinners do. <laughs> Don't expect anything better. Now there are good, there are people that live in a decent way. Amen. Even, even sinners. Because they are made in the image of God, right? But I want to encourage you that there are people that do not live or want to live under God's control. And, um, but this shouldn't worry us. Because Knowing that God is in control, it should boost our faith. Amen. Never allow a situation to make you feel 
as if it's totally out of control. Well, when you start feeling if that is totally out of control as God's child, you're not trusting Him. You're trusting in yourself and you're trusting in the flesh because God can sort out things. Amen. And so He does. And just go back into the history of the Bible. And this is always so amazing. Here we have Joseph. He grows up in a family with his, with his brothers. And he tells them about the dreams of grandeur that he has from God and that one day he will be the leader in the family. And the family is totally upset. And they dislike him. But his father loves him and cares for him and takes note of what he's saying because he believes that it must be from God. Takes note of what he was saying. And then, so eventually they throw him in a pit. They wanted to kill him, but luckily Reuben was there and he stopped them. So they threw him in a pit and they sold him as a slave and he ended up in Egypt. Boy, talk about God's blessing. Don't expect immediate blessings. God's ways are not our ways. Are you with me? So just wait. And all this while, all these things that happened to Joseph, you never hear him remonstrating with God and telling God that he was up to no good and that God didn't love him and that God didn't care for him. He never said a word. You never read about it. But one day, after being thrown in jail for being falsely accused, he ends up in front of Pharaoh to interpret his dreams. And there, his story begins. Amen. God used all the tribulation in his life to prepare him for where God wanted him to be and the testimony that God wanted him to have. Amen. And so it's a beautiful story. It's a story about God involved in the life of an individual and getting him where he wanted him to be. And so he became the second highest ruler in Egypt. And he helped gather all, and he, and he gave commands that they plant for seven years, they gather the harvest, for the seven years famine that was to come. And then his brothers rocked up. But let's not worry about the brothers, but he said to his brothers in the end, he says, what you meant for bad, God meant for good. In his life. So don't worry if someone gets your ire or somebody upsets you. But trust God. Because he'll bring you through. Amen. And he will fight for you. So, um, Daniel in Babylon, he served under three great kingdoms. And they all respected him and God revealed himself in each of them. Because he was in the right place. But he went to Babylon as an exile. Nation, his nation was conquered by the Babylonians. And then he was taken back as a slave. And then groomed to serve the king. He never ever compromised. And yet, God used him in a mighty way. Amen. When he was thrown into the lion's pit, the king was so concerned, he said, Daniel, are you still there? Are you still alive? Are you with me? He was a testimony among the nations. And that's how we need to be. So many of us are not a testimony among the nations because we dislike other nations. We dislike other people. But that's not the heart of God. So Daniel knew that he was to be. And the story of Jonah and the Ninevites. Jonah ran kicking and screaming away from God's will because the Ninevites were enemies of the nation of Israel and the Ninevites were cruel people. 
And yet, the road to Tarshish was full of difficulty for him. Got in a boat, got in a storm. Oh boy, he went to sleep in the storm. He trusted enough, he trusted God enough in the storm, but not enough to go to the Ninevites. And then he had the cheek to say when they woke him up and said, well, I'm an Israelite that fears God. He wasn't fearing God. He was disobeying God. When we fear God, it's a respect for God and we do what He requires of us. No matter how difficult. So then he came to the right conclusion. Throw me overboard and these things will stop. Then he began to trust the Lord. And then a big fish came. I don't know what he looked like when he landed on the land, but... Anyway, so... So, even in our gatherings as the church, we celebrate the God who provides because He is in charge. Amen. So we have all of these stories in the Bible. They're not stories. They, they, they're something that happened in history. They're something that God did with people to encourage us in the faith today that God is trustworthy. Amen. Hallelujah. This is where I get my African thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> that's where I do most of my preaching. Amen. So, so, always realize that God is sovereign, that He is in charge, and that there's no difficulty that we go through that is too difficult for Him to handle. Amen. He's not sleeping. He's right there with you, but he's training you. Amen. Because he's got a plan. Now, finally, we want to look at uh, the, 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 the final um, uh, application, and that is consider his increase. So our passage says, The earth shall yield her increase, O God, our increase, God, our God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear Him. It would seem that the author is speaking about a single harvest. Something that's happened in the past. But he's saying that that harvest is sufficient to make people, even the heathen nations, believe or see that God blesses His people. Amen. So there's things that have happened in the past in your past life that it's really possible that people can look at and say, man, God is with you. I was in a terrible accident in Zambia. And like Brother Newton in Malawi, I ran over a child. And I tried to get out the way. And so we rolled three times, glad I had my safety belt on and came to an end and people gathered and people started accusing and people started eventually I just said listen I'm a pastor it was an accident and I just by some by the grace of God the people were calmed down there was a wretched policeman there who was drunk with a gun and he was saying this is witchcraft there's no blood on the body which I thank God for and yet it was a difficult time police arrived People were shouting, but it was the child of a Jehovah's Witness. Her name was Cleopatra. And those Jehovah's Witnesses said, you are the people of God. So Normally they're telling us we're not. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they acknowledged, because they could see that God had worked in us and through us in that terrible situation. I was totally freaked out, but I had that sort of like, I don't know what you call it, the God calmness, I guess, that just helps you through and to deal with the issues, deal with the police and deal with all of the different things. And so God turned that for good for all of us. Amen. So, there's things... 
Um, uh, okay, so I read quite a few commentaries to come to some of these conclusions because it's not always easy just to pick stuff out from the scriptures, you know, unless you do a little background check and a little bit of this and that. And so some of the commentators talked about this increase uh, as, as a harvest of some kind of crop. But it, that it was a testimony. I remember that, uh, who's that guy, Faith Like Potatoes? Angus. He planted in drought potatoes. When they got there, all the stems were dead. But when they dug under the ground, there was this tremendous harvest. He did that by faith. Because he sensed that he needed to do that. Um, and that impressed a lot of people in South Africa. And it gave him a huge platform to speak to people. And he speaks very simply. Um, I might not always agree with everything he says, but he speaks very simply and he reaches the common man in, in a great way. But it all started in a drought by planting where there was no rain. And so it, that kind of thing when we obey God when we don't feel like it or when it seems impossible can bring about something that is meaningful or a blessing to other people outside of our circle. Are you with me? Okay. So, but others talk about a harvest envisioned of nations coming into the kingdom of God because of the testimony of God's bounty. Amen. And this can only truly be fully realized in Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit in the hearts of men and women. So, and I believe that many have come to Christ because of things that have happened that have really been incredible in their eyes, that the nations were blessed. And because of that, God used it for His glory and to draw people to Himself. Amen. So in conclusion, how many minutes have I got? Anyway, so in conclusion, we need to understand God's intention with Israel was always that she would be a blessing to the nations. Amen. She was God's representative amongst the nations of the world. And it was their duty to reveal the Father, of, uh, the Father to mankind. Or reveal God the Father to mankind. And guess what? God has blessed the world through a Jew. His name was Jesus. The Father blessed the world through His Son, Jesus Christ, the Jew, born from the tribe of Judah to make known the redemption of mankind. Is it any wonder that we have the nations raging against Israel? Because salvation comes from the Jews. If it wasn't for the Jews, we would never have been saved. Because that was God's plan. Those people living next door in Palestine are usurpers. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. So, now we as His church are in the same privileged position to declare the riches of His mercy and grace in 1 Peter 2 verse 9 and 10. So it leaves us in the same context. The psalmist was many centuries ago to cry out for God's mercy, to reach a crooked and perverse generation. And we need to beg day and night that would, 
that God would stand with us as we communicate His Word. Amen. And, you mean, I, you won't help me with this, but the word beg for me is significant. Many of us pray what we call hum-ha prayers. There's no in it. There's no, God, I'm seeking you on behalf of these people. God, give me the nation. There's no desperation. I remember a friend of mine, there was a misunderstanding about money. I was trusting the Lord for money to come in. All this money was being paid into his account and he got mixed up. And he got so... So when we got to the place of ministry that we were working at, I asked him for the money. The money I had trust God for. <laughs> that was paid into his account. And he thought it was his money that he had brought from his bank. Anyway, but I always believe in emails. So when I write something important, I write an email. Anyway, so he was really mad at me. And our friendship was in jeopardy. I have never prayed so hard for a person that that relationship be restored. And guess what? When I went to their church in America, the pastor grabbed me and him, sat us down and said, okay, let's talk about this. So I said to him, okay, I said, look at the trail of emails that went to your treasury. Then you will see that I'm speaking the truth. Luckily, my friend was not a proud man, and he relented and repented, and our friendship is better than ever. But I was desperate, because I love this guy. Do you mean, are we sometimes desperate enough to pray in a way that will help us to win back people, or will we just let them go? Because there's too much slip for us. But today we are even closer than we were before. And so I really thank God for that. And so we cry out to God. And we... Uh, so we beg... And we cry out to God that He would work uh, in us so that we can communicate His Word, the Lord Jesus in our preaching, and actions, attitude, and love in our lifestyles. Amen. Sometimes it's not easy, but God never promised easy. And so we mustn't give in to the negative vibes around us. We mustn't give in to the spirit of this world which is negative. Amen. And it plays in on us. And it sometimes dominates our thinking. Because when we sit and watch TV, we see a lot of killing on the TV. We see a lot of negative stuff on the news. We hear about corruption. And it affects us. And therefore we need to be totally allowing God to renew our minds and to help get His perspective. And as we do this prayerfully and humbly, we will definitely consider the increase of God's elect, of people added to His church worldwide. Amen. There's still 17,470 uh, people groups in this world. Unreached people groups, 7,439. Out of a population of 7.6 seven, six billion people. And so the unreached people tally to about three billion, twenty-four uh, million. So it's a lot of people that are still unsaved. It's almost half the world. 
Amen. So it's like 41.7% of those uh, that are still unreached and need to be reached. And in that, there's about 600 and something groups of people that are unengaged, unreached. It means nobody is preaching the gospel to them. Are you with me? And yet Jesus said that this gospel shall be preached until the end and then the Lord will return. Amen. So we need to pray and we need to be desperate uh, to reach people. And we have people of all kinds around us. Uh, we have Zimbabweans here. We have uh, uh, Zulus living in our community. We have Indians living in our community. Are we concerned? Amen. And so I want to end with it. There's people getting saved in China. I know of many who go to China to teach the underground church and to encourage them. Um, uh, I, read, I was at a, a Baptist church meeting some time ago where they were talking about the work in Iran and how God is working amongst the Iranese people and that many are getting saved. Um, and there's all these stories to tell. But it's people that were desperate. And that people that cried out to God for these people. You know? So I want to end with that and say, let's trust God for people to experience the work of God in a difficult world that we live in. And let's be a testimony to those um, that don't know Jesus. Amen. In every situation. Let's pray. Father, we praise you and worship you today and uh, just pray that your word would have spoken into our lives, that you would speak into my life, Lord. You know that I'm not perfect. And as Lucas said earlier, earlier that we were studying your word as a mirror. And your word shows us our own hearts and our own minds, where we're at and what we need to do to improve and keep trusting you for and keep allowing you to change us, to become more like Christ. And so we commit this to you, Lord, and we ask for your blessing in this week and that we would ponder this word in Jesus' name. Amen.